0: like to bring you a lot of important information on the EMSTED podcast, and I don't think we've taken it in this direction yet, um, so a little bit of a trigger warning for you today. Today's show is kind of heavy, so you might want to get five of Haldol and two of Ativan on a PRN basis and keep it handy, uh, because in all seriousness, this is going to get a little bit uh, anxiety-provoking. Today on the EMSTED podcast, we've had a brave student come out and uh, help us understand what a really difficult time was in her life, um, Rachel's going to share about her not matching. And this takes significant bravery and courage and we're, we're really delighted today that she's she's had the courage to share with us her, her battle and her journey. And so we thank her for letting us come aboard and uh, experience a very difficult uh, fourth year. right. So should I call you Rachel or Dr. Oliver?
1: Rachel's good.
0: Rachel's good. Okay. So Rachel, you've had an interesting fourth year and the match was a, a very interesting time in your life. So let's, let's talk about your fourth year of medical school for our listeners. Tell us about your ideas and feelings going into interview season and kind of the beginning of your fourth year. Let's start there.
1: Okay, so I always knew that I was gonna go into emergency medicine and so I started off my fourth year with my home rotation at Texas A&M in uh, Temple, Texas. I thought that I had a pretty successful rotation. I um, passed, didn't get honors, but had great comments from the residents and the faculty and felt pretty confident that emergency medicine was where I wanted to be, where I needed to be. Um, After that, I studied for step two did uh, fairly well on that. I had a pretty mediocre step one score, but I thought that I managed to overcome that. I thought win. it was
0: solid. <laughs> mediocre, come on. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, but my step two was uh, significantly better. And then after that, I did an away rotation uh, up north and did very well there. I received high pass, not honors, but high pass and received great uh, comments again from faculty and residents. Um after that, it was really just doing the rest of my rotations as the school um, suggested we should and waiting for interview season to come around.
0: So what was your advice going into interview season, your vibe, your feelings about your ability to match? How did you feel about that?
1: So going into it, um, I talked to my advisors and was told that um, you know, I was uh, the third quartile for my class my step one score was a little bit below what EM probably should be, but um, I they felt confident that I managed to make up for it with my rotations, both away and home. With my step two score, I passed CS on the first go-around and told I'm very personable and so should do well on interviews as long as I practice and have a solid, um, solid interview time.
0: Yeah, I should probably insert a disclosure that I was Rachel's advisor. <laughs> so, yeah, we thought Rachel had a good chance of matching. We didn't see any red flags in her application strategy. We felt like she was a solid applicant that shouldn't have trouble. We didn't give her any special advice on applying. We felt like she could be creative in her application strategy for some reach programs, some very solid programs, and then some safe bets. And we we really had a good strategy moving into interview season, I thought.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: so. All right, let's talk about interview season. What happened there?
1: I went on nine interviews, including my away rotations. I had them all over the country. I'm from Texas, so um, a couple in Texas, a couple in the South, um, mostly Midwest because that's where I was shooting to go for, Um, but pretty broad range of programs um, through the nine. Interviews themselves went fairly well, I thought. I um, got along with most of the residents at the program, had a really good experience at the pre-interview dinners and on interview day and um, received some feedback during the interview that you know they were glad to see me, hope to see me again in July. Um, didn't receive any love letters afterwards, but overall nothing that stood out in my mind as being concerning.
0: Gotcha. So interviews kind of wrapped up. There's this dead part of the year where you're just kind of waiting on the letters and the numbers to kind of get crunched up. People are making their rank list. You made your rank list and mm-hmm. submitted it. How did you feel about uh things in that time frame between interviews ending and then waiting on the letters what emotions what thoughts were racing through your mind
1: yeah so i made a list for my ranks um and i felt confident that as long as i would land in the top 5 i'd be happy no matter where i went which you know and obviously matching is better than not matching at all was the thought in my mind um other than that It was mostly just waiting. Um, I wanted to start planning my life, but the programs on my list were so different that I really didn't have a good strategy for that. It was mostly going to be decided after match day.
0: So I I remember very well when I got the phone call from you. Um, I was on I-25 driving north to Colorado and remember that moment pretty vividly, but tell me about that day. How did it start out, where did it go, and and what happened?
1: Yeah, your your school will recommend that you get a match day buddy so that if, you know, God forbid you don't match, you have someone there to help walk you through the process and kind of do the thinking for you. So I woke up kind of early. We were taking pictures, uh, headshots for our match day. A group of friends, we were all each other's match buddies, went to the Mexican food um, restaurant across the street And we decided that once we got our emails, we would order a pitcher of margaritas. It didn't matter that it was 10 o'clock in the morning, it was match day. (laughs) And um, so uh, we ordered breakfast and we sit around and wait. And I remembered at 10 o'clock, furiously trying to refresh my email and waiting for the email. And one by one, we all got our emails. The girl, my friend next to me, got her email that she matched and I swiped down again to refresh my email and I see the NRMP match results and I open it and it says, we're sorry, you did not match. I closed out of the app, opened up my email app again and opened the NRMP email again and said, we're sorry, you did not match just burst into tears. Thankfully, I was with a group of friends who were very supportive. So my match day buddy got up with me, finished their breakfast, and we went over to the school to start the soap process.
0: And at that moment, talk to me about the emotions, the feelings, as you're now processing this information you're headed over to the dean's office what's going on in your mind
1: yeah so it my mind was a really big blank at first and then all of a sudden you know all of the insecurities and doubts that I had had all through medical school kind of crashed on me at once and suddenly seemed magnified Um, it's talked about a lot that medical students have a lot of imposter syndrome and I'd always felt Um, maybe not quite an an imposter, but at least that I was on my way to learning. And, uh, but once I didn't match, I was like, you know, what am I doing? Um, but yeah, all the insecurities and fears that I had were just magnified. Um, and really it was just a jumble of thoughts, but the overall thing in my mind was, what did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? What, what could I have done better? What did I do wrong? Um, and it was a couple of days before I was able to sit back down and think rationally through everything. Um, That's why I'm really glad I had my Match Day buddy and my friends with me.
0: So you head over to the Student Affairs office, you meet up with some of our deans, and and what happens next? Talk to me about the actual mechanics of of what is processed through in this uh, SOAP process.
1: Yeah, so the school receives a list of all the programs with all the specialties that have unmatched positions, and you're given a giant packet of 30, 40 pages with all the the, um, programs on it. And you are given two to three hours to sit down and pick out 45 different programs that you would like to apply to in the SOAP. You get 45 tokens that are free uh, because your school pays for them. And uh, it's recommended that you apply to all 45 at once. Um, After that, you have time to upload all of your info to those programs. Um, It's recommended that if you are even mildly in doubt that you'll match, that you come up with a generic uh, personal statement. My personal statement was very EM focused, so I came up with a uh, more medicine, surgery, uh, more generic personal statement to send out for the soap. Um, And you upload that And then you wait until the next day.
0: So this year, how many EM spots were there that you could have applied for? And where did you go with that as far as EM, IM, other programs? Talk about that.
1: There were seven spots left open and two of them were for military. So there were only five unmatched spots in EM. Um, After that, it really kind of depends on what you're looking for. There's not any one right answer. But um, I was told by other EM faculty that, you know, if I wanted to reapply to EM next year, then uh, a prelim or transitional year would be best. Either IM, surgery, or the transitional year. IM probably of those three gives you more time to interview during interview season, but all three of those are viable options.
0: Okay. That's on a Monday when you got the news you're meeting with the deans, you're processing through this. Talk to me about the week and how that process went going through the SOAP. Yeah,
1: so Tuesday was, I sat at home and waited for a phone call from programs because once you apply to a SOAP program, some programs will call you, sometimes you get an offer without being called. Um, So I sat in my apartment and that was probably one of the longest days of my life, just staring at my phone and waiting for it to ring. Um, when the next day came around for soap and I was still unmatched with no offers, I decided to go out and act like a normal person again. And that's something if you're, you know, in any state of mind to be out in public, I would recommend that because acting like a real person really took my mind off it. I obviously had my phone with me just in case any program director wanted to call me, but you know, being with friends and hanging out and spending time and not just staring at my phone waiting for it to ring um, was very helpful.
0: The next few days, did you get calls from program? Were there emails? How did that process go?
1: Uh, Some of my friends received calls from programs. I went through the SOAP process without a single phone call, um, which was very stressful. Um, It got a little bit less so as the days went by. SOAP is a three-day process, and so I felt Um, as the days went on a little bit more resigned to the fact that I most likely wasn't going to get an offer and so it became a little bit easier to bear but if a program director sees your application and wants you further program they'll give you a call
0: it was also a little bit of a twist of events too I mean you had some really tough decisions because on Monday you got notification that there was also a new emergency medicine program Mm
1: -hmm.
0: which was potentially going to be accredited the week after match. Yes. And so how did that throw a wrench into your decision process and talk about the debates you had internally with those decisions?
1: Yeah. So I decided to go ahead with the soap process. Um, If a soap program had called me and offered me a spot, I I ascribed to the wisdom that a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. So I would take the offer I have versus something that is not a guaranteed. Um, And that's what my faculty advised me of, and that's what I would have done. Thankfully, it didn't come to that. (laughs) Um, But that's probably what I would do, um, just in case. But... um, the day that SOAP came around and I didn't get the first round of offers, my one of the other EM faculty at my program notified me that a site a program had just gotten their site accredited by ACGME and was waiting for a final accreditation. And, you know, if SOAP didn't happen, then... Um, I had the opportunity to apply for them. So that's why I would also recommend being in really close contact with your EM faculty, especially if you're at an academic program. They have inside access to all of the hottest news um, for emergency medicine, and I got a lot of my really good info from them.
0: So this week's going on, there's a lot of waiting, the phone there's a lot of contemplation so what coping mechanisms did you ascribe to and what resources were there to help you get through this tough time
1: yeah definitely relying on my friends and family for support was one of the biggest things that you know i i don't think i could have gotten through this time without them um they were very supportive they let me cry on their shoulder brought me care packages helped me even cold call some programs at the end of soap Um, and really they were invaluable because I was not acting like my normal self during that time. On top of that, I have a dog, and so going for long walks with her was really helpful. Um, I enjoy working out, and so doing that was uh, also very helpful. Definitely helped kind of channel some of that mental um, stress and turmoil that was going on. Other than that, uh, doing what relaxes you and your hobbies, I would um, definitely recommend that.
0: Were there any resources the school had to offer as far as uh, counseling, advice, uh, talk about those.
1: So I was with our a Dean of Student Affairs and she was very, very helpful in giving me advice and talking through with me, you know, different scenarios that could happen because I do like, despite the fact that I'm going into emergency medicine, I like to have road maps out ahead of me for, you know, if this doesn't work, then what can I do next? The school offers free counseling sessions and so I took advantage of that. Um, I went and talked to someone just about all the stresses and just had someone to get it all out with at once. um, And I found that really helpful. Um, Also on, I found Reddit to be a surprisingly helpful resource as well. They have a soap thread and there are a lot of people on there who chime in that say, I didn't match, but I soaped or I didn't match and I didn't soap and here's what worked for me. Um, I found it better than student doctor network or other websites, but Reddit, surprisingly, was a good one as well.
0: So the SOAP week passed, and there were no responses. So let's talk about that weekend afterwards and maybe the next few days leading up. What was going on at that point?
1: So now that SOAP was officially over, there was a very slight chance that I could get calls. People either get sick or drop out. Something happens. um, And spots do open up post-SOAP. It's not likely, but it does happen, so I kept my phone on me. Other things that I talked to my dean about were potentially, you know, uh, applying to a job somewhere as research, um, preferably in emergency medicine, just to kind of keep me at least immersed in that field a little bit. Um, and then also I there was an opportunity – or potential to delay my graduation so I could stay a student, and if I wanted to, I could reapply through VSAS and try and get either different or better letters from programs. Those were the options that I discussed with my faculty. And
0: in, in which plan were you most leaning towards at that point moving forward, given that maybe there may not be a, a program coming through, what pathway would you have chosen to take at that time?
1: The pathway that I chose to do was uh, apply for a research position. I actually interviewed with a program that was uh, down in South uh, Texas, in San Antonio, and I was on board to do research projects for them. I decided that I didn't want to delay my graduation because I would have to pay tuition again and I already had enough debt. And my letters were good enough, I thought, from my faculty that, I didn't want to do the whole VSAS process again.
0: Did you reach out to any of the programs you applied to or people that you interviewed with to get some feedback from them? How did that go?
1: Yeah. So throughout the SOAP process, I thought again, you know, the overarching thought was what did I do wrong? What could I have done better? And so... I reached out to all the top programs on my list, the program directors and the residents that I interviewed with, and sent them an email saying, I didn't match. I really enjoyed your program. Was there anything in my application or on interview day that stood out to you in a in a negative way that I could have done better or should have improved on? Not very many programs responded, but a handful of them did reply back and said that there was nothing wrong. They enjoyed meeting me. Um, I didn't have any red flags in my application. It was just a really hard year for EM. And so um, I must have just landed in middle ground for all of the uh, all the programs that I applied to, hmm. which was very frustrating because I would have rather had something to work on.
0: And then you got news of another new program that had been accredited. And so let's talk about those next days and weeks leading up.
1: Yeah. So now it is mid-May, and between match and now, I've heard of at least three different programs opening up. Um, all in EM, all around the country, brand new. Another reason I would recommend talking to your faculty is they have the first news on when these programs get accredited through ACG I heard that the program was opening. We got a contact email from the program director and so I emailed him, actually during my SOAP process, and said, currently, not matched. I'm trying through soap. If that doesn't work out, I'm very dedicated to emergency medicine. I heard about your program through my faculty and sent all of my step scores and personal statements and letters of rec to him and said, here's my application. I'd love to hear more about your program. Um, you know, If you guys get accredited, I'd love a spot if you have it. And so I was in contact with him and he told me about his program and said that he would keep me updated as things happened. got accredited, I was offered an interview spot, I went to Tampa to interview, and within the week I had gotten an offer from Tampa.
0: Looking at this, and so you accepted the invitation, you're now matched with the Tampa program. Um, Talk to me about how that felt the closure, finally, on that event.
1: It felt fantastic. Um, throughout this process, people kept telling me, this is all going to work out, I know it. And I agreed with them. I, I very do strongly believe that things always work out the way they should. Um, it's just difficult to hear that when things are still up in the air and you have no idea how they're going to land. Um, but you know, in hindsight, yes, it, it did work out. Even if I'd had to do a research here, it probably would have been a good thing for me. Um, Things will work out. It's very, very difficult to hear at the time, but they do.
0: So what lessons did you learn through this process, uh, personally?
1: I learned the value of a good support system. I cannot understate how much my friends and family helped me out through this and the faculty and um, everyone was so supportive and having them was a huge help. Um, Something I'm still trying to learn throughout this is just to not take it too personally or to beat myself up about it. I know that I did the best that I could throughout interview season, throughout my away rotations. Looking back, there's not anything that I would have changed in a big way or done anything uh, differently. And so I think that's also an important lesson with EM as well, just to know that you did the best you could with what you had, and whatever happens, be okay knowing that.
0: Any advice that you see that maybe students who might fall into that situation would learn from your experience that you wanted to share?
1: Yeah. Reach out to your faculty, reach out to your friends and family, have a good support system, have a match day buddy for sure. Um, and if you know anyone through your school who hasn't matched or didn't soap, reach out to them because they'll have some good advice for you as well.
0: Well, Rachel, thanks for stopping by on the EM Stud podcast today. And thanks for being so brave to yeah, share your experience and your story. It's powerful and i um, really proud of you for Sharing all this with us today, I think that's really going to encourage a lot of students. Uh, this is a topic that's rarely talked about in, I think, an intimate way that you did. So having the courage to share is a tremendous testament to your character. Really proud of you.
1: Thanks, Dr. Readers. All right.
0: Well, special thanks to Rachel for her courage in sharing her story today on the EM podcast. For more information about our show, please visit our website, at www.cdemcurriculum.com. That's clerkship directors and emergency medicine On behalf of my colleague, ER Dr. Nate, this is your EMED coach, Dr. Scott Weeders signing off for another edition of the EM Podcast. Rotate well, my friends.
1: Hey, guys, it's Rachel here. After we wrapped up recording, I realized something I forgot to tell you all that I wanted to share. Although my experiences ended up working out for the better, it's really easy to forget all the waiting I had to do before things began to work out for me, especially when my story fits into a 20-some minute podcast. Match week was one of the longest weeks of my life, and it was still over one month from the day I received my email saying I did not match to the day I received an email with my offer of residency. The post-match and soap processes are going to be rough, but I want you to know that you will get through this. If you're listening to this podcast, the odds are very, very good that you will not be in my position in March. But if you do, I don't want you to lose hope. The times you have coming ahead of you will be some of the most challenging you've faced yet, but without a doubt, they're something that you can overcome. And in the end, the lessons you take away from it will make you that much stronger. Don't give up and good luck.
0: Special thanks to our free open access music today provided by Lon Snow's Dead Can Dance Cover as well as the Portland Cello Project with Taylor Swift's Shake It Off.